When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking for something to do after Halloween is over? Are you into the strange, bizarre, and unusual? On November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the Strange Realities Conference is coming back to Nashville, Tennessee and streaming online. Come join us for three days exploring mysteries, supernatural, the occult, weird history, and more. Featuring lectures, presentations, and workshops by Tim Banal, Zach Hunt, Leslin Vance, Bryn Collier, Tobias Whalen, Brent Rains, Joshua Cutchen, Kiki Dombrowski, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Christopher Ernst, Aaron Gullius, David Metcalf, Timothy Renner, Mallory Samwitzki, Soraya Azkath, and special guest Steve Berg as your Master of Ceremonies. Make sure to join us for the fun and informative weekend online and at SIR Nashville November 3rd and 4th and online only November 5th. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Alright guys, welcome back to Conspiracy Normal. We've got something a little bit different tonight that we're doing, which is a roundtable discussion, something we have not done in a minute on this show. So we've got a powerhouse for you guys tonight. All high initiates in the mystic uh, crew in the ancient circle of strange realities. All high initiates, yes. And the highest initiate, the Grand Poobah is here too. We'll get to him in a second. But uh, we've got Chris Corius here. Hello. Vincent Trewell. Hey, happy to be here. Nothing I'd rather happy do. to have you. And definitely last but not least, Dr. Future is with us. Salutations. <laughs> Dr. Future. Great to have you here. Blessed us. Great to have you here, Dr. Future. Oh, it's so, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, when I, I was coming up with this idea for doing this roundtable, what I wanted to do, what I want to do is to talk about uh some of the crazy things that i could just now see daily on what is now called x which is where i mainly see conspiracy stuff now facebook i still see it but not as much as i see it on x like it's just gotten crazier and crazier i think that's meant like a, a shift in your algorithm too it could be yeah actually you know like we talked to kelly last week she said she's seeing the same kind of things yeah, yeah, and some other person has told me the same thing. So I thought maybe, hey, it's just maybe it's just me. Maybe um, I keep looking at these things and it keeps spinning them out. But apparently, and other people have said as well that like since Musk took over, it's gotten much more right wing kind of trolly on there. Well, yeah, it's gotten um, nasty. But then, like after it's gotten nasty, it seems like the algorithms are also pushing the nastiness. You know, right? And so I just see like just like crazy stuff daily. Um, one of the things that I just, just like, we're recording this on the Labor Day night. And one of the crazy things that I saw just yesterday was this rumor that this whole like Burning Man situation where they're like stuck out there that Ebola is spreading and 
Forbes has come out and said, I don't know why Forbes was involved, but they came out and said that no, no Ebola is not spreading at Burning Man. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a bad situation. People are stuck out there and people could be getting, you know, could possibly getting sick, but it's probably not Ebola. As of right now, I want to say real quick that they have lifted the driving ban and people are starting to get out. People are starting to leave. Yeah. But yesterday on Sunday, uh, the third, as we're recording this, this was just going crazy all over social media, TikTok, uh, Twitter, sorry, X, I, I have a hard time. It had just been going crazy that Ebola was spreading there. And now <laughs> it's just kind of like dying down. So these things just sprout up, come into being, and then kind of like die back down. The next day. And then but nobody I saw re- what, what started it, right, it. was like this a fake screenshot and then like the person posting and say the CDC just posted this, but then they took it down, but this is a screenshot I got from it. Yeah. And so that's right. all you need. We all know that Marjorie Taylor green had a sit down with Alex Jones and said that the whole thing was an act of God and it was to convince people of the climate change agenda. And yeah, I mean, that happened about burning man. Yes, specifically about Burning Man, that it was all a setup. They were trapped there by an act of God, but they were going to remember it as like part of the climate change conspiracy. I can't make big enough scare quotes around that. Um, Yeah, but Marjorie Taylor Greene's meeting with Alex Jones, like within the last day or two, and saying that's what happened. I was and waiting for something really, bad to happen, and then they'd be like, "It's a sacrifice to the wicker man," you know. The they just start, you know. Oh, she accused the whole thing of being satanic, obviously. Yeah, new satanic panic elements and these type of things. The conspiracy narrative is just like very alive and well, and just doesn't seem to go away. There was another thing that I was going to to make a point about, but now I've seemed to have forgotten it. But so. I wanted to kind of review some of these things that I've been looking at. And if you guys have anything that you've been looking at, we'll rewind back to the ancient time of June of this year, uh, because it feels like, you know, these things have like a really short shelf life. You guys, I'm sure are familiar with the movie sound of freedom. Um, Mike and I have actually talked about this, have actually talked about this on his show. And I've been, uh, Wanted to kind of talk about it as well. This is the movie that's about child trafficking and um, has become a very big hit over the summer. And over the summer, uh, people were going to the movie theaters and there were these claims that the movie theaters were being shut down or like people were being turned away from the theater are right in the middle of the showing that the movie would stop or they or they would come out and say that the air conditioning was not working these type of things so there became this huge big thing on social media especially on x and on tiktok and it seems like these are the two ones that really you know you see these things the most because a lot of tiktok videos are screenshotted and reposted and put on x on that platform People were saying, though, this is a conspiracy. They don't want us to see this. Um, why? Are, and then the other thing was, why are the um, 
why the showings were, were sold out. Uh, they were being told the showings were sold out. And some people on the other side of the aisle on the left were saying that this was kind of being um, uh, astroturfed by people on the right to make it seem like this movie was doing better than it was. And uh, there's also the element that the movie stars Jim Caviezel, and Caviezel is, I don't know how much he was in 2018 when the movie that was actually made in 2018, but not released until this year. And that, so there's another whole set of conspiracies about that because uh, Disney was supposed to release it. So we all know that Disney is in league with the uh, with the child trafficking pedophiles that love um, adrenochrome. But anyway... Uh, Jim Caviezel is huge, huge into QAnon. He is very much um, into those narratives and indirectly Sound of Freedom became this huge um, cause celeb among some of the QAnon crowd as well. Even though it does not reference QAnon, um, it is not a specifically a QAnon movie, but it became very much embraced by those people. And so when things started going wrong in movie theaters, which probably happens all the time across the country, and you would never hear about it if it was some other movie, but with this movie specifically, they said, we don't want you to know. You don't need to know about this. Um, And they were shutting the movie theater down. So this was a huge, huge thing. I know Mike has done some research on tim ballard who is the guy that jim caviezel plays in the movie and how things on about him are not on the up and up and maybe if mike wants to talk about that we can a little bit but um i'd like to see if you guys have any insight i mean maybe everybody doesn't recognize the name jim caviezel but he played jesus christ in mel gibson's the passion of the christ that's his big role that's what he's going to be known for for the rest of his life. And so, yeah, he's a huge figure in that way. And that's just what I was vibing with. But yeah, a lot of these stories go out there and then they drop off, but people still remember them as being true, even though they've been debunked countless times. You know, if I could clarify a little bit of what you say, Adam, uh, the, the uh, promotional interviews that Jim Caviezel has been doing for this movie when they talk about how it reflects like the real world networks that are being broken up, he has interjected the adrenochrome part, the adrenochrome harvesting uh, as part of it. And so uh, they have made that even post-production part of the discussion. And as you know, I I covered some information from a 2020 vice report. So before all this big mania with the movie came up and in there, um, that Tim Ballard was already talking about and at least referencing or responding to the whole Wayfair conspiracy that Wayfair furniture was somehow putting kids in the furniture and sending them out and giving yes. legitimacy to that. It was either that they were like the, the kids were in the furniture or you were actually buying a kid and not the furniture because of the like in really inflated, ridiculous prices that they had on their site. And that was another thing. I mean, wow, when was that? Was that 2020, I guess, that that happened? Maybe 20, that people, yeah, COVID times. Uh, yeah. And people were really just like, you know, uh, people were really freaking out about that. 
But again, you know, that's something that like lasted probably like a week, if that, and then just kind of died away. But, but these things do accumulate and they get disproven, but people don't remember yeah. them getting disproven. They just remember right. the allegation. And that's, right. yeah, it happens again and again. Uh, right. when, as you started talking about this, um, what I was interested in seeing is, because uh, I I couldn't remember who who had, uh, who had was distributing this film. And uh, I, I looked it up and I remembered that it's Angel Studios. Um, and That's right. So then what I was looking up is, well, who does Angel Studios have contracts with? Uh, what what kind of cinemas is it being shown in? Um, and they are partnered with, you know, AMC, Cinemark, Regal, uh, Landmark Cinemas, and then, you know, a bunch of other sort of smaller regional ones. But you know those names. And when you go on the Angel Studios website, there's actually this, uh, this pleading uh, letter. Um, and I don't know if you saw this. Stop me if you did. But it says uh, Angel Studios is a platform and studio empowering filmmakers to crowdfund, create, blah, blah, blah. We understand there are rumors predominantly in social media that AMC theaters have made it difficult for fans to see Sound of Freedom in local AMC theaters. And we want to make it clear these rumors are not accurate, states Brandon Purdy, head of Angel Theatrical Distribution. AMC has been an outstanding partner for Angel Studios, and in fact, as a result of the movie's performance and consumer demand, AMC has agreed to add additional screens for The Sound of Freedom this weekend. Um, I mean, it goes on in this vein, but I, I think it's so funny that, um, like, th- this is just obviously a business, you know, like, th- it's it's so flatly, like, we don't want to lose our partnership with AMC. Like, like we can't. Yeah. We can't have the people that are into this movie um, like shit talking. Uh, you the know, main like distributor the theater yeah. chain in the country. Um, I don't know if if it's actually been an. I don't think it was astroturfed from the inside anyway, um, because I think Angel Studios is probably really small. This is probably the biggest thing they've done. Um, it seems like they do like partial crowdfunding on some of their stuff. Like I'm just skimming here and it looks like they went into bankruptcy in the, in, like around 2016. And then they used crowdfunding to sort of dig themselves out of the hole, which is pretty interesting. My understanding um, is that they're kind of like outside of Hollywood. And I think there's like a lot of more middle America and Mormon money in it. Yeah, I mean they're based in Provo, so you got to assume that there's a uh, you know Mormon connection. It says that they employ 100 to 250 people, which is also bigger than I would have guessed. So it seems like, I mean, based on everything, the pieces that we have here, like they just bought this shelved movie, and specifically because. The, the right is hot for child trafficking right now. They just can't get enough of it. Um, and so I bet they bought this movie for nothing. And they knew that you could, I, I bet they did promote it through alternative channels. Even if they bought this movie for like a million dollars, you could rack up probably like $10 million in just streaming to, to people like, you know, in the alt-right. Um, I can tell you, AMC is the movies where I live. Yeah, in sure. Milwaukee, 
it's the movies. If you're going to go to a theater, it's going to be AMC. And I don't think they care about the political content at all. As long as we're filling all the seats. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, it's a money making machine. So yeah, that that's pretty much what I think happened. People crowdfunding, but that's from outside. So it looks like Sound of Freedom. Uh, oh wow, I didn't know Mira Servino was in this thing. That's too bad. Um, yeah, she plays his wife. Oscar Williams. winner, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, imagine that. Oh yeah, she's an A-list actress that just ended up a bad role, you know. Yeah, I don't know if she's done anything really. Um, major in the past few years but it, it unfortunately it's hard to be a middle-aged woman uh working in uh, hollywood if i could add about the uh the mormon connection there i don't know if outside of adam if any of y'all heard my um last show i did talking from the 2020 study on this about the overwhelming mormon operation of Operation Underground Railroad, but <clears throat> Mr. Ballard, he, he is definitely a practicing Mormon. I think they got eight or nine kids, um, but that's sort of pervasive in the organization. And back then, years before all this picked up, uh, before COVID and everything else, they were still bringing in tens of millions of dollars that to this day, nobody knows where that money went for this. But <clears throat> they're using a law firm to protect them from people asking questions about their finances and associations. And it's the main law firm for the Mormon church. And it's the main one in the state of Utah called Kenton McConkie, I believe. And the founders of Kenton McConkie were all the like top leaders in the Mormon church and their philosophical writers and such. And the irony is, is that, when you try to leave the Mormon church, if you want to do that and not go through the clergy of the Mormon church, you have to give a notarized letter to this law firm to get out of the Mormon church. And the same law firm in the 90s, in conjunction with the Mormon church, set up a hotline, a sexual abuse hotline, that when people in the Mormon church, whether it's clergy or other people that see it in their community, in their circles, if they see what appears to be confessions of sexual abuse, they're not supposed to report it to the authorities. They're supposed to report it to this law firm that this Operation Underground Railroad uses. And according to the Associated Press last year in their reports, there were sexual abuse of like little, little kids for years and years and years going on that never got reported to the authorities because it was only going to this law firm. And just dying there. And I find that very ironic that this operation is supposedly rescuing all these kids from sexual slavery, whereas the the other people connected with this within their own ranks seem to be shelving and burying actions in their own roofs of long-term sexual abuse. Can you you also mention um, how Underground Railroad has basically been like kidnapping grown adults? Oh, yeah. Well, something that they don't talk about on there, but the people who have been, you know, rub shoulders with them and have reported, they go into, when they go into these other countries and do these rescues, 
a lot of times they're going into brothels where they're grown adult prostitutes. And a lot of these prostitutes are fighting them off. And there was another one called, I think it was like International Justice something Institute. It was a Christian predecessor to um, Underground Railroad that actually set the, the protocol, the game plan. And so this outfit is just actually taking on their operation. And what they both would do would just pick up everybody, including grown adults and ones that were kicking and screaming and trying to fight them, say, no, I, I want to be here. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that part makes it in the videos. Their main benefit, their main thing is to be able to create reality TV. There's no low key political thing where they sit and meet and have a discussion and then they come open the door and let people out because they paid somebody off or gave some forms or whatever. There's got to be these dramatic raids where they've got to have cameras and they bust a door open and everybody's got to be shocked and it makes wonderful TV. And, you know, that's what people have an appetite for these days. They want to see something that's reality TV and it's got to have some element of excitement. And that's where they put a lot of their money in. And I don't know if, what that knowledge is has been translated over to the people who made this film or not. But in controlling images and public relations, these guys are really, really good at it. About the studio, because I think this is really, really interesting, actually. Um, they they crowdfunded like everything related to the distribution of this, which is so weird to me. Um, just because I, I don't think that's a model that has existed for very long. What they did was bought, or they they sort of like pitched this movie to something like 7,000 people that are almost like bought into the company as like, it's almost like Patreon subscribers or something like that. Like they don't hold like a significant stake of the company. And then if if those people gave it the thumbs up, then they allowed for them to like, uh, to crowdfund for the actual like distribution costs, which um, seems like they needed $5 million to, you know, just to make the distribution of this movie happen with the theaters and everything. And so there's, well, for one thing, it seems like a pyramid scheme, but um, it's, it seems like what they're doing is uh, a going to the people that are then going back to see this and telling, bringing their families and, telling their friends at their churches just like a pyramid scheme (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and uh they actually they even a big thing that i remember hearing about this when when it first started kind of popping off and going viral was the pay it forward campaign where they were um people were paying for tickets so that other people could go for free to see this important movie yeah and that's how that's how it was actually selling out. So it would, it would actually sell out if you went. So most movie theaters, um, you know, you got to choose your seat. So there's, you know, there's some theaters that do that. Um, and those theaters that do that, if you, people were going and looking at the time, so like maybe like three thirty in the afternoon, you know, um, it was, a showing of sound of freedom was already sold out so they'd be like well how is that possible 3 30 in the afternoon on like a monday or a wednesday or something and that was the thing is like but when they would actually go there nobody's in there and it was part of this pay it forward thing 
So people were doing that. They were paying it forward, but either the people they were paying it forward to, either they didn't show up or they would go see another movie. And that, so that was that was something that also happened with this, too. It's the same technique Conspiranormal uses with their Patreon system. Nobody knows where the hundreds of millions of dollars have gone. Yeah. Oh yeah, the hundreds of the hundreds of dollars. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the hundreds of millions. I mean, that was, all of that, the bandwidth that uh, they can't support the bandwidth when Conspiranormal is on. Everybody can't use their cell phones or things because they're buying all of the time on Patreon for Conspiranormal. Right, right. If I may, regarding AMC, yeah. uh, they do the same thing with legit movies like Oppenheimer. Me and my son went to see it and the place was packed. And you had to choose your seat. So and our choices were very limited. So I think AMC is just literally taking the money on this thing and doesn't have any connection to they don't care as long as they get paid. And they get paid a lot. That happened. But it's a conspiracy. The pay it forward was kinda, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like a pyramid scheme, like you were saying, Chris. If people are crowdfunding, they're like, invest in the movie, and then if you can help get the movie big, then maybe you can get some money. It's just like... I was just going to say, I thought about that. It's sort of the perfect audience for a movie theater because, let's say COVID picks back up, which it is in some areas, the BA26 and others, and how that hurt the theaters. Well, this crowd will still pack out theaters because they don't care about any of that. So even if we have something really terrible going on, the theater owners know that they'll pack in like sardines uh, yeah. for these kinds, sort of like get their Harmon Cain award, you know? Yeah, there's like this whole, uh, I don't want to call it counterculture, but I think they think of themselves as like countercultural media environment, you know, that still, we talk about how they're being canceled and all this stuff just because mainstream Hollywood isn't as politically incorrect as it used to be. But these people are still like, you know, it's still a big industry. They're still packing stadiums with this type of stuff. They're still making tens of millions of dollars off of movies. Like they're not victims and it's not really a that marginal of a, a thing at all. I think like not only do they want the people who are not going to be concerned about COVID, but they, they want, you know, families. This is, I, I think, a movie that families are getting brought to, you know, which is wild. Yeah. I think the yeah. that's that's where you know that's what you guys have been talking about for a long time now that's what mike's been talking about for a long time you see the people uh, at 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 your old church mike who are they've all been indoctrinated into this uh this weird storyline that they're you know making up in real time you know i feel depressed because my parents never did take me as a small child to see sexual slavery movies you know I was deficient in my religious teaching that I didn't get to learn. We weren't even allowed to ring Song of Solomon, you know, or know what circumcision was until we were like a lot older, much, much less be taking the movies about this kind of stuff. So, but you know, they, I'll add you a little anecdote because what disturbs me more than what I see and then disappears online is when the rubber touches the road in my own backyard. And I had a close relative the other day tell me that they had other relatives doing crowdfunding to get into a very very expensive christian school that i went to that used to be for the poor and they didn't charge tuition because they wanted the poor in town to be able to go well that now they've gone upscale and they're upscale in the suburbs and competing with the 
you know, elite uh, private schools, but the money's got to get paid because they're all pedophiles in all of the public schools. And they force children all to change their gender when they go in the school. And this is what I was told. So this stuff, you know, I you know it disappears online, but it gets in the id of people right. out here in right. middle America. Very well and said. Mm -hmm. At least if it's weird enough. Now, if it's not that radical enough, they might let it. But if it's something that's more preposterous, they'll cling to that. You know, <clears throat> the other day, guy cut my grass. And he's been doing it for many, many, many years. Older man. And the first thing he says when I open the door to get in the check is, hey, did you hear about those lasers that lit that Maui fire? Yeah. <laughs> and this is Undoubtedly like the Jewish space lasers, right? The, yeah. You know, I, I didn't find out whether they had Stars of David on the lasers or not. But the the thing is, well, we all know there's day. a war between the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. That's what's really going on. Yeah, or it could be the Vatican or who knows. Right. Jesuit. But the the thing is, that's like every day here in a fairly well-to-do community of people who are God-fearing, go to the Baptist church, yeah. establish middle class, not it's people the, like just on the yeah. edge economically or desperate. These are people who are raising families. They look as clean scrubbed as middle America is normal, and they've all turned into extreme conspiracy theorists. Like like the neighbor across the street when we're walking dogs that she learned from our other militia guy in the neighborhood that Hitler wasn't all that bad a guy. And these are all church folk, you know, that do this. So so the whole thing about the pedophiles running all of the schools, and I'm sure many Christian people who teach in public school maybe find a little offense at that, but it the narrative's sticky. It has a stickiness to it, particularly with people who are highly superstitious. Yeah, well, straight up, it is the folklore now. It's part of all yeah. our folklore. Right. Um, this is not like an original thought of mine, but um, there was a tweet that I was, uh, well, I, I actually, someone explained the tweet to me um, that happened recently uh, where someone was, quote, tweeting, a, a, there is a post about, um, uh, David Lynch and Lana Del Rey both explore the dark side of the American dream through, you know, the very like standard take on, on those artists, right? We've all seen blue velvet and the tweet responding to that was saying that this is an average and like normal take to have, but that the, uh, that the real like, like way to think about it is that like part of the American dream actually is that there is that like dark underside to the, you know, apple pie and baseball. And when I heard that, and you know, again, not my idea, I didn't come up with it, but that just really like clicked this whole thing into place for me. Like, why does this narrative keep coming up? You know, this is not the first time that the, the, the child, child theft for, for whatever, you know, uh, you know, cult organizations or whatever is it, it, it just keeps recurring. And like, why is that? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, I mean, it's an old trope, right? I mean, it's people will go back to 
they'll take it back to the blood libel stuff, you know, the Jews killing Christian children to put blood in the matzo balls. But I mean, it actually goes back further than that. I mean, you know, the, the Romans were saying that about the Christians, the early Christians. So, I mean, it goes back, you know, at least 2000 years. It's the easiest thing the, to get people worked up because once yeah. you say you talk about their children, that is right. base level stuff. It's primal. Not just as humans, but as like mammals. It's just primal. It gets into that really like primal, like dare I say it, lizard brain. You know, to reinforce you, Adam, on that, when I was talking to this relative, talking about like they had to get away from all the pedophiles and the uh, all the teachers were in public schools and changing their gender, and I started asking some sort of logical questions, not attacking, but just dispassionately, like, let's think through this. The response was, well, you're not a parent. You would look at it differently if you were a yeah, parent. Right. And that right. is, I've heard that on numerous occasions. And that's key. That's key right there because that circumventing is circumventing reason. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's appealing to a very deep emotion. My beloved late grandmother actually believed that the Catholic Church abducted young girls and made them become nuns. Mm -hmm. uh, that was Let's the thing that was going that. on. At the time, yes. Just and, wait till the episode we're about to release. That's actually in it. That's oh, wow. Okay. That. Yes, yes. She believed <laughs> the, cl the clan. The clan had speakers that said that, would invite speakers that said that very stuff. The night What goes on in the confessional booth. Yes. And all that kind of shit. But yes, and you've hit the nail on the head with the parental thing that there are a lot of people and I'm not being judgmental, but it's one thing they probably accept like gay marriage and, you know, are generally okay with LGBTQ people. But when it comes to their kids, whoa, Hey, wait a minute. That's a whole different story. And they don't act rationally. They act irrationally. And that's, Unfortunately, it's become a Republican talking point. So, yeah, yeah that's my take. Well, Vincent, or you're you're a father, right? Oh yes. And you don't buy into this? Hell no. Yeah, it's all so, crap. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I no, I yeah. no. It's all BS. Come on. It's tolerance and inclusion instead of homophobia, and you know. But I know that's what's being pushed. I wanted to say that the white Russians really pushed their version of blood libel across the rest of the West after the Russian Revolution, all these emigres. And that was kind of similar. What they pushed was this idea that the Jews are tied to these political subversives, and this is what they do. They ritualistically murder children, and they ritualistically murder the czar. It's kind of related to what's going on now. The, the narrative is that the political subversives are the ones after your kids also, because they're, you know, they're subverting everything, our way of life. They want to go to the heart of our way of life and, and take your kids. Like it's, it's kind of the same playbook. Absolutely. And that reaches people in a way that it shouldn't, but it definitely does. Absolutely. I was yeah. just going to mention about, what you were talking about, and and it was brought up about the uh, grand, uh, I was in Vincent's grandmother, I believe, that believed in the women being abducted for the nunneries. Um, I was just trying to see if Father Alberto Romero Rivera, 
I don't know if that name rings a bell. He he was the guy who supposedly Jack Chick rings a bell. Okay, yeah, that's where I'm going with this. Uh, I was just trying to scan down here to see if that was one of his claims, because I'm guessing that's probably one of his claims in the Jack Chick tracks was that's what was going on. And that's probably the right framework to look at all this is in the Jack Chick worldview. It's like our whole world has become one great big Jack Chick track. (laughs) Only the demons are man. You you really hit that precisely what has happened. Yes. My favorite Jack chick track title is the death cookie do you know what the death cookie refers to oh yeah just the communion what the communion yeah, is. oh god the death cookie did did keebler offer that ever as one of their products this is going to go on there's something that i saw yesterday that someone posted on on x where they were talking about just like straight up reportedly some thing about adrenochrome this like paper that was written about adrenochrome and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but um, says that there were these experiments that were done on uh, people and like the effects of adrenochrome. I don't where this comes from, but this could be absolutely fake. So, you know, so it says it was also reported yeah, that auditory hallucinations where the subjects felt like they were hearing codes from the universe or other auditory sounds. In some, they developed a very negative mindset, ambivalent, splitting of personality, weird, creeping behavior, and other changes of personality. In tunes of, in terms of mood, six subjects reported euphoria and silly laughter, giggling. Three had anxiety. One was fearful. One became hostile and depressed. Very often, early tension or anxiety was replaced by euphoria and relaxation. So, they, they go on and they said when they did experiments on animals, they had older adrenochrome and it ended up not doing anything or even killing the animals. When they did the human experiments, it was freshly made and therefore had more potency and effect. Now, put that in context in human trafficking and why it seems like the fresh sources are so sought after. Insane. You know, I have to say that those behaviors, they said, sound a whole lot like a Benny Hinn crusade. Very similar euphoria <laughs> characteristics with the both probably so, a coincidence so let's talk about the maui fires because this is another thing that has gone completely crazy and this is kind of lingering even to the point where mike said his you know the guy working on his house said well did you hear about the the the, the space lasers in maui and uh i'm going to play this so you guys can get the real truth as to what is going on with these uh these space lasers in maui and i want to thank dr future for gifting this for me hopefully you guys can hear this this is the truth of what caused the maui fires and we have the extraordinary uh pleasure of being with a longtime uh guest here on exopolitics tv and that is gary peter carlson over to you gary oh thanks for having me again alfred yeah there's a lot going on in the world uh, I guess these uh, people with reptilian souls that are controlling the world are really pushing hard, causing a lot of destruction. I'm getting a few things. Uh, They had these big uh, wildfires in uh, Maui where they destroyed a lot of the island and killed maybe 100 people or something like that. Uh, And they tried to call it wildfires, but it was... uh, do directed energy weapons because uh, all the boats were catching on fire. And that doesn't, (laughs) 
a forced fire doesn't make the boats catch on fire. That's anybody, anybody can figure that one out. What I've been, what I've been learning that I didn't know before is there's four different reptilian groups that are carving up the earth. And, and, and it kind of goes by regions. Uh, in the West, the draconians are controlling everything and pretty much controlling the world. Uh, the other reptilian groups are kind of subservient to them. And also in the West is a group called lizards. And they're, they're trying <laughs> to take over power from the draconians. And then in the Middle East, you got another group. I call them uh, Reptilian A. <laughs> and in Oriental Asia, uh, Oriental countries, I they got uh, I call Reptilian B. And the Reptilian B group uh, had taken over Hawaii for quite a while, and the Draconians didn't like that. And that's why they launched all this uh, destruction of Maui to go against this other reptilian group. So, man, I'm never going to get that two minutes back. All right, so there you go. It, it sounds the, like uh, some listeners have an alternative source for real information instead of conspiranormal. You've just introduced a new rival on your show, Adam. Yes, I may very well have. Yeah. I mean, we at least we can all rest easy that the draconians and the reptilians, and there's the no way they're going to get past that guy. That guy is defending humanity, and humanity can rest on his shoulders that they can't overcome him. But like all this conspiracism around that was part of these narratives I've been seeing with other stuff with urban unrest also. And the idea is that somehow these financial interests are organizing this so that they can buy up the land. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the same thing they're saying. Oh, they're, they're funding black lives matter so that they'll burn down the city and they're going to come in and buy everything, whoever they are, somehow they can orchestrate this. Yeah. I mean, and, and like people take so, it. I mean, financial interests take advantage of disaster always, but that doesn't mean like they fucking master plan organized the whole thing. Yeah, and specifically for some reason, people um, with with this whole Ma with the Maui fires have decided that they've set their sights on Oprah as the master uh, as the one that's the masterminded this. Oprah and Obama and The Rock is involved. So Oprah, Obama, and The yeah, Rock. Yeah, I mean, are, of are, course, of course, they are. You are know? because apparently they own some homes there. Well, what about and, Don Ho? Is anybody implicated, Don Ho? Well, they might. I mean, they very well may impl implicate Don Ho. I mean, I think you should. I think you should start that, Mike. It's too bad you don't. You're not on X. You can get that going right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the, there there's so much with this, right? So, the Maui fires. There are there are things with it that, um, it seems like there was some irresponsibility there on the part of the government. Um, some things that could have been done to have made this less. To, to make this less worse because it was very very bad um 
And there's also part of the effects of, of climate change, but people are way more willing to believe that this is somehow some space-based weapon than they're willing to believe. Well, that I've, this I've is seen like a lot of these pictures, climate change. supposed directional energy weapons that were like on the islands too. And like, so people are right. taking pictures of military stuff. They don't even know what it is. And I'm in Hawaii and saying, oh, look, this is the directed energy weapon. And apparently, like, oh, the, there's this house that was on the water that was okay when everything else was burned around it. How long did it take before that, anyone first like started seeing this bullshit? It seems like it was. Oh, it was. It way. was. It was quick. It was very quick. Like as it was happening, that it was. It was. You know, as it was happening, we're both as people were like literally like in the water waiting waiting for the fire to stop. Instant, as, yeah, practically instantly. Like it just, it's, it's just these people. That's all they do. This is another thing. I'll digress a little bit here. There's also this phenomenon. We know this well, right? People chasing this internet clout yeah. and that's what they're doing. They're, they're hopping on the latest thing. And in this, in this case, it's some like negative conspiracy narrative and that's what they're hopping on. So yeah. they're chasing clout or they might actually be paid by somebody to actually, um, to actually propagate these memes. But then it just gets well, out of control, right? It doesn't, you know, we don't know where it starts, where it begins. If I may, I just want to go back and I don't want to derail where we're going. But my favorite chick tract was tricked. It was called tricked. And it alleged that tens of thousands of kids were poisoned every Halloween. Yes. And that really never happens. The FBI did a study over a 20-year period, and they found that in 20 years, 20 kids had died, and 18 of them were killed by their parents. Okay? So, like, Halloween isn't like that. Um, But the Chick Tract, which is still available if you go on the Chick website, uh, says that you can buy that tract, and the hospitals are full every Halloween of poisoned children. So, or razor blades in their mouth. Yes, yes. You know, razor and, blades on the apples. That was the other thing. Yes. And I'm not saying that never happened once somewhere, but that wasn't a regular thing. And yet it was proclaimed a regular thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, when I was Maui, in elementary school, when I was in elementary school, just to add to that, they told us, you go out on Halloween. And this is in the middle of the mid-80s, right? You go out on oh, Halloween. That's the right make time. Sure parents, make sure your parents are checking or checking your food. Make sure that like they're like on the news. They were talking about apples with razor blades. I remember that. I remember being like terrified. Like, am I going to get an apple with a razor blade in it? <laughs> to this day, the police department X-rays, uh, various police departments X-ray uh, Halloween candy. They never find anything ever because that'd be so traceable, you know. But yeah, it's still a a folklore, a meme that goes out yeah. there. Right. But, but is, yeah, absolutely. You think about it. There's a website that I really like. I go post on once in a blue moon called Kinder Trauma. Yeah. 
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's all about talking about the things that traumatize you as a kid. A lot of it's movies, but sometimes it's public service announcements or commercials or, you know, weird characters. And uh, they're, they're, I think their motto is your, your happy childhood ends here. And they have good, meaningful discussions. But the thing is, this stuff sticks with you. And I remember all of the razor blades and the apple kind of thing. And and you know Halloween too. They they had to portray that. Yeah, you know, they're in the hospital. You know, with a kid with one in there, grossed everybody out. But think about where we've come now. Back then, we were worried about apples with a razor blade in or stuff like that. Now you've got kids having to do drills because shooters are coming in and going to shoot them. So you've got little elementary school kids assuming somebody's going to blast them away. And how to bind wounds with their neighbor kids on the playground, you know, to keep them from bleeding out. I mean, where are we? Where are we going with this? What kind of messed up generation are we going to? You know, I I look at Ukraine and I see the stuff that the kids have been exposed to in Ukraine in that war. But then I think on a lesser degree, all this conspiracy stuff. And now these kids, these kids hear about this stuff, about the pedophile stuff. Okay, it's not just to say, don't get in the car. You know, people have said, you don't get a car, guy, with your candy. Well, now they're getting the details. They're getting, and then they add the Satanism on top of the sexual thing. Well, five-year-olds will tell you about the Illuminati and everything. Yeah. I mean, it is the ultimate kinder trauma. You know, you mentioned these track things because they're like worms or viruses that even when you're young, they don't ever leave your mind. There, there's something in there in the, the irrational back of your mind 
that will feed and perpetuate, and you don't even know it in your rational mind that it is perpetuating a fear that's made manifest in a different way. Well, now we're loading up kids with so much of this stuff. What kind of mess are they going to be 20 or 30 years from now with all this crap in their head? Yeah, I wonder what the effect could be. I wonder if they're just numb to it all also. And become nihilistic. as that could just be like, you know, one of the one of the things. But Vincent, what were you going to what was the point you were going to make about the about the Maui fires? Just that people have a way of believing you can believe in laser weapons, but you can't believe that like a wildfire might start. You know, um, it's been everything's political now. And it's crazy to me how something that is an obvious natural disaster can be transformed into a political talking point. And I mean, that was basically what I was going to say that, you know, people are way more ready to believe some vast conspiracy and like the government shot lasers into the trees or something instead of what usually happens, which is somebody was irresponsibly smoking or something. Or again, we're in Hawaii. There's lava, you know, things happen that doesn't seem really that weird, you know, but the anticipation is set up for something very bad. That's kind of what I was getting at. And then to make it seem like it's just, it's the same group of people that they're, that they are against you and they're going to take your home and they're going to do this. And like that, that feed, that, that feeds into it as well. Um, to say I tried to explain to my grass cutting man about the laser practically <clears throat> because I said, you know, for a while I was the coronated Air Force expert on vulnerability to lasers, at least for aircraft. That was part of my job. I took graduate <laughs> courses on lasers and then how they could, you know, uh, function and what it took, the energy that had to be deposited. And I explained to him it, it would take such a load of energy and particularly with the dissipation, even lasers still dissipate uh, to be able to create something like that. And that doesn't even address the motive. What motive would somebody have? It, it, that would be a little bit more expensive than just paying a kid to go light some dry foliage out there. If that's what you wanted to do. Right. But you well, know what happens is there you go. Motive. Stuff. What the yeah. hell is the motive? They would say it's because they want to destroy all that property and they're going to come in. Another thing that I see, I, I don't I don't even know what it is because I guess I'm too lazy to look it up. Mike, you may know, or one of you guys may know. These people, and I say they. They. they that's who we're talking uh, they, about. They, who I'm talking about, these people, on all these people on X, all these accounts. It's it's BlackRock. BlackRock is doing oh, it. Oh, that's a big one now, yeah. Yeah. So I guess BlackRock is some... Um, you know, I, I, don't even, I don't even know what BlackRock is. What's BlackRock, Sergio? I don't know that much, but they're, they are legitimately a huge real estate company. Yeah. That owns, uh, pardon my French, a shit ton of real estate all over the country. I would still call and, them bad guys in my book, but. Yes, I would sure. concur with that. Sure. But I, they're a major corporation yeah. and they own a lot of property and they, you know, mostly do rentals, but they do, they sell real estate. They're a real estate company, and they're connected to some stuff. There may be some kernel of truth there, 
but that's who they are. They're they're a big time real estate company. I mean, that is what it is, you know. But there's much more practical ways to get things done if you want to evict people. Right. You know, if you go well, back absolutely. and look, you look at don't mess with the Zohan, you know, the way the money people and this was, you know, I thought it was pretty savvy. The, the way the money people wanted to clear out the Middle East, of which they were using that New York neighborhood as microcosm, is to cause civil war. You cause civil war, you bring everything down, and then you swoop in. And I thought that was a cl- clever, I guess, Robert Smigel or whoever those guys that wrote that put that together. Now, if you want to do it on a small scale, you just do like we saw in uh, Death Promise, the movie, where you just take a box of rats and you pour it in the tenement, and then that chases all the residents out. So... You know, lasers are like way down the list on cost effectiveness. If you just want to clean out the neighborhood. Right. Precisely. You just hire some goons. You don't need the Air Force to get involved. You know, I I wonder how much of this stuff comes from like left wing trolls, people on the other side of this aisle. Right. Because a lot of the people that promote this stuff are right. You can tell that. If you look at the context of what they're saying, you look at uh, their 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 viewpoints on other things. But I wonder how much of this stuff might come from a, from left wing trolls, just to see what bait. These or other countries, man. I mean, we know the yeah. the mo of the Russians was just let's just work both sides and just have them fighting each right. other. They don't care where. Like right. that's just the point. Right. Is keep us arguing. The right. Russians. Uh, back in 2016, this actually happened. The Russian trolls set up a meeting of a Black Lives Matter group and a white power group at the same location just to create what would naturally happen. You know, what would be a very bad idea. But yeah, they weren't working for us. They're working against us. So, yeah, that's what happened. They do stuff like that. Where where did you see that uh, story? I can't recall because it's a few years ago, but it I remember Texas. this. Texas. I, yeah. I remember this. And I think I think Jose Herrera talked about this too. He talked yeah, about some one of things. the big reports. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What was the one in the UK that um that was doing that with Brexit? They were doing their similar things. I can't remember the name of that of that company. Was it Data but, Analytica um, or something? Analytica, Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge. Yeah, that was it. Cambridge. Yeah. I mean, it was all it was all just a ways of using uh, social media as a means of propaganda, essentially. I mean, this gets really dumb, Adam. You shared this. Uh, I don't know if you sh- yeah you shared it with everybody. These pictures from a children's book named. Maui and the Secret Fire that came out in 2020. Yeah. Just just another long list of examples of predicted programming and revelation of the method. So, like somehow yeah. someone made a children's book with fire and Pacific Islander themes. I don't know. It doesn't even. Who knows where these fucking pictures come from? It's all about any decontextualized <laughs> picture. You can say anything, and then someone's gonna screenshot that. Yeah. It's just all that revelation of the method stuff. stuff. What were you saying, Chris? It's just, I mean, it's not like an original thought that I have, but, uh, you know, it's its just, it's people trying to bring order to, to their own. Yeah. Yeah. Their own lives. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm a synchromistic in a way, but I think it has more to deal with the uh, uh, 
nature of reality and things like that with coincidence and synchronicity. But like, this is about, you know, everything being a master plan down to a fucking children's book. Definitely not have time to get in all that now, but they're almost and, like and conspiratorial well, Calvinist. Uh, elaborate on that. <laughs> well, uh, in that every single thing and action we take somehow yeah, yeah. has a puppet master above us that controls. It's like the Cal- the uh, conspiracy people are predestining mm-hmm. everything with us as opposed to a to a god, you know. And both both views are totally dystopian, mm-hmm. you know. And on and on the on the religious front on this, I don't know if you all remember. I vaguely remember during the COVID time. Didn't I come on your show to talk about that? And I played a little clip off of the original Dawn of the Dead movie with the scientist that was trying to scream rationality to everybody. Do you remember that? Yeah. And yeah. I was, it, he was just saying, <clears throat> you know, we can't lose our minds. We can't, you know, we must think rational. We must think rational or it's all over. And mm. when you listen to that clip and it was the zombie apocalypse, it was the same thing happening with COVID. It, it was exacerbating it to be really bad because of all of these people making it bad and not the real threat itself. And the guy was saying, if we don't get our heads together, it's all over. And that's where I think institutions like our religious institutions and communities should band together and say, let's knock it off with all this conspiracy theory stuff. Now, I know it'll probably never happen, but I'm just saying you know what? That would give them so much positive PR in society if they could stand shoulder to shoulder and say, come on, folk, let's get back to being educated 21st century, you know, modern, rational human beings. I mean, I think the there's a, a uh, range in Dr. Fe- American oh, Christianity and American spirituality. I mean, I think this stuff is is really it's incorporated into it now. It's a part of you. Right. And that's why I assume that'll never happen. Yeah. Dr. Fisher, you are a voice crying in the wilderness. Um, I'm going to bring up the article that you guys sent to me where a number of evangelicals preferred Donald Trump's teachings to those of the actual Jesus Christ. And, you know, that impressed me. Go ahead. Yeah, I can talk about that. That was an article. We talked about this on Mike's on my show. Basically, um, head of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, what was the guy's name? I, look, I can look it up. Russell Moore, who used Russell to Moore. Head, yeah, yeah, he used to head the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which was sort of an influential societal mouthpiece, and he got run off because he was too kind to people who were different, and he was trying to be a modern person of still highly conservative, but he ran afoul of that. So he was sent adrift. So in an, in an NPR, which NPR, my God, they're, they're part of the, uh, adrenochrome, um, fast communist conspiracy, fast communist conspiracy, still our bodily fluids. So I don't know, take this over the grain of salt guys. In the interview, he says this, and this is about pastors that he's talked to from other Baptist churches, I'm assuming, and other evangelical churches. He says, multiple pastors tell me essentially the same story about quoting the Sermon on the Mount parenthetically. 
in their preaching, turn the other cheek, and to have someone come up after to say, where did you get those liberal talking points more revealed? And what was alarming to me is that in most of these scenarios, when the pastor would say, I'm literally quoting Jesus Christ, the response would not be, I apologize. The response would be, yes, but that doesn't work anymore. That's weak. And apparently that's multiple pastors that have told him that. Not one, not two, but multiple people that have told him that. That their congregations are saying those type of things. It, Where, you know, those, we, those woke liberal values that that Christ, you know, the founder of their faith. They're a danger to, to society. You know, uh, <clears throat> a few years ago, I grabbed hold of an article off of Fox News. And, you know, it has a high Christian viewership. And it was from the philosophical director of the Ayn Rand Institute, one of the top officials there. And the title of it was that America needs to decide to follow Jesus Christ or Ayn Rand. And this person was saying, basically, Jesus taught about turning the other cheek and loving your enemy. And they said there, those are all just weak words. And we know that would make America weak. And America, and I appreciate them being plain spoken. They said, you have to choose. Are you going to follow Ayn Rand and strength and looking out? I mean, basically Darwinism, looking out for yourself. Or are you going to look out like for your brother and be your brother's keeper and take care of the weaker people like that? And, you know, right around that same time, I saw all those Christian community people out there in the political crowds with signs saying Ayn Rand was right. And the movies that came out, like Atlas Shrugged and stuff, that was promoted heavily in Christian circles. And I knew a lot of my Christian friends who got on that bandwagon because liberty sounds good, individual freedom, self-sufficiency, those all sound good. But that's the way a jungle operates. I mean, that's not civilization. That's just every person for themselves. But that all ties into that. So these roots go back. You know, the the whole Ayn Rand, the individualistic libertarian. And as I've talked about in my book and on the show, pushing this Christian libertarianism goes back all the way to like 1940. Where it was all big business funded for this kind of thing. So, I mean, obviously, they're the, those people saying those things are the fruit of what? 75 years of propaganda? Mm-hmm. Man. They, they wouldn't would... recognize the gospel that they supposed to follow if they you stuck it on the end of their nose. I was a teenage and Ayn Rand head. I read everything she ever wrote, and I've left that behind. But at the time, it made a lot of sense uh-huh. uh, when I was at a certain age and didn't have a lot of real world experience <laughs> and you know right. it was very appealing and it made sense if if you just look at that belief system it makes sense and if you have no experience with the real world you know and it's become incredibly influential uh the former speaker of the house i'm blanking out his Ryan. name paul, paul Ryan, Ryan precisely yeah. from my state yeah He's an Ayn Rand follower, and I used to be an Ayn Rand follower. I got over that about 
like the age of 20 or so. But anyway, um, because I was in the Marine Corps and basically we were practicing communism, according to her, you know? Um, so yeah, but no, she's incredibly influential and her philosophy is ultra individualistic, ultra take care of yourself, screw everybody else. Uh, you take care of you, they can go to hell. You know, uh, that's yeah, kind right. of her basic message. Um, and that holds a huge sway in the entire right wing, which is amazing because these guys are all like white Christians, but she was an atheist Jewish person and they're fine with that. No problem. But uh she's okay you know and it has a huge influence and that's continued to this day and that's a not a good way to see the world because yeah she didn't believe that racism existed in like 1980 okay um i'm pretty sure it did you know and all of the roots of a lot of stuff does come from her. Now, she was a brilliant novelist. I will say that. I have read all of her novels, and they're, they're really well written. But she wasn't a great economist or a political scientist or a historian or anything like that. Okay, She had a huge grudge against the Soviet Union yeah, because actually. that's where she grew up. And... They, they took everything she had and her family had to move away to America. And she came to America and experienced the American dream and became a popular novelist. And yeah, but her stuff is really poisonous if you get down to it, you know, but I know it has a huge influence on what goes on on the right. And you know, who else really loved, uh, Ayn Rand, uh, Anton LaVey from the Church of Satan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, in fact, said, plain and bluntly, I just tell people Ayn Rand's ideology with some ritual mixed in. That's what I do. Okay. That's what the Church of Satan is. I just give them Ayn Rand ideology. And we, we do some magical stuff, too. But that's it. He said this publicly, like in an interview with like the Washington Post or something. So, I mean, that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, I'll let it go at that point. <laughs> well, you can look at the fruit of these people at how well they brought freedom to people. How well did they do it? You, you know, the real corollary to Ayn Rand is Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley oh, brought yeah. freedom through his Thelema and things like that. And what happened? You you had basically two devastated, uh, totally frustrated, angry, alone founders in a wake of destroyed lives in their wake. Even the people most devoted to both of them, they destroyed all of them and then finally themselves. That doesn't sound really appealing to me. And I don't know if I expect from that kind of well to draw living water, that is going to find something to give me long-term peace and contentment or for a society, if they can't even do it in their own inner circle. 
Well, Crowley, I mean, you know, he died of a, he died a heroin addict, you know, that's your spiritual leader. Go for it, you know? Right. Well, but religion's pretty adaptable. And well, uh, if I could say this, uh, in the time of the social gospel of the 20s, it was sort of countercultural because it tried to push back on the industrial age and all the people getting drug into the slums and things like that. Yeah. But in a way, I mean, I accept that you're right in that the technique they used to let the economics derive the religion was that the robber barons said, we can't stop the New Deal if because we're a minority of people, businesses and bankers. We've got to build something that's a diluted majority to support the wishes of an elite few. And so that's when they built Christian media in 1940 with this new gospel that somehow made that praiseworthy to be selfish, to be self-centered, to focus on your own enrichment. And so they started building that as somehow a spiritual uh thing and so i mean in a way you're right the economy did derive the religion but that was the technique how they did it if you've got a economy that makes lots of rich people and they have lots of disposable income then they can go write their own religion and once mass media became available then you gave them the tool that if you had enough money mass media is basically like a sledgehammer and everybody's home hitting them in the head with the message yeah i I mean i think you're I think it's a lot less pluralistic, and you're right, it is way more of a conspiratorial thing as far as how we got here. Um, interesting. couple of things I'll get you guys' thoughts on. Okay, so one is another recent conspiracy thing, which has also now died down, um, is that we are going to have another lockdown. Uh, this is in response to a few uh, schools universities and they're going to start doing mass mandates because of covid rates are spiking um there's also a new um, variant that is out there which as hearing as of yesterday that they're saying it's not as big of a deal it's less contagious and not as deadly um so that's good we we hear about these things from time to time this is just life now in the in the covid because it's it's with us now forever so this was started by Alex Jones, and it was interesting that this was started just as Trump was going to Georgia to get indicted. It was interesting how it was very much a deflection from what was going on with Trump, and all of a sudden they were saying, oh, we're going to have this lockdown, we're not going to comply with the lockdown and people say we're not going to have another lockdown. It's not going to happen. So that was another thing that has come up in the last few weeks that I thought was pretty interesting. So any thoughts on that? I would be stunned if we had another lockdown for any reason. It It just doesn't seem to work. Um, Now, okay, I'm just going to say this and this is my opinion. I speak only for myself, but the authorities were very soft on when white people were out there protesting the lockdowns. And then they had to follow that precedent when Black Lives Matter were out doing the same thing. And maybe they should have come down hard and dispersed those crowds early on. But 
it's all water under the bridge now, but I don't, there's no way I see any more lockdowns. That's just such a politically does not work. And nobody's going to do that. That's my take for what it's worth. I've had all the vaccinations and I'm uh, signed up for all the rest, but um, I don't see that happening. I think it it was just also, I'm sorry, give me just two seconds. I saw the mugshot and that's the rich white equivalent of having tattoos on your face. Okay. (laughs) It's terrible. It's like saying I did it. Okay. You know, you want your client to look innocent, not look like I'm going to kill you as soon as I get off of this. You know, (laughs) my take, I'm done now. You know, that looked like the big big brother is watching you face to me. It looked like the kind of picture you'd have, like, you know, looking over you on everywhere, you know, from 1984. Um, As far as like the COVID thing, I wonder what China is going to do. I mean, they're they're an authoritarian country that didn't have to ask anybody in the public. So they're going to make it purely not on what the people feel, but just pragmatic issues. They've got big, big problems in China right now with the real estate collapse and everybody's money. Their investments are all in real estate. And so they've got this major, major crisis Mm -hmm. in China, the demographic crisis. They've got all these cities that are the size of major cities that are unused. And so... Could they even withstand economically another shutdown, even though I think they have the authority to do it and the, and the ability to enforce it? I don't know if they'll do the numbers and figure it out or whether they'd just rather win over the herd. Yeah, they might just another do COVID the American play and just let it burn. But I think that's a larger point when we were talking about the mugshot is that our uh, Watergate moment is happening right now on the biggest revealed political conspiracies of American history is like happening. And meanwhile, everyone is chasing these phantoms of fucking lasers causing fires and, and, you know, all this stuff. It's, you know, what if someone was asking you about a thing as historical as like Watergate was, and you were like, well, I was busy. I don't know. Insert whatever, you know, total bullshit. It's going to look kind of funny. I think. I think the, uh, the reason that I feel that you won't see another lockdown is that uh, the the initial lockdown period, quote unquote lockdown period, gave people the sort of like the time to to mobilize on on actual political issues. Uh, like you had that really big uprising in the summer of 2020 with Black Lives Matter, and you had all these people really um, like politically motivated um on on like sort of one one big front one big issue um and i think uh you know i I guess the powers that be are are cognizant of that and aware that um that you could have people uh you know saying things like uh the defund police um again and obviously they don't want that unfortunately um, so I think the yeah. reason they keep people at work is because people aren't at work. They start to realize, uh, just 
how shoddy the material conditions of their everyday lives are, especially if they're not white. Um, and, and yeah, the, uh, you know, they had a bad time handling it before. They're probably not much better equipped to handle it now. So, so for that simple fact, I think, uh, you know, they're going to say maybe the, maybe they'll say mask up, but, they're going to try and downplay it unless, unless something really catastrophic starts happening. Well, yeah. And they don't yeah. want to pay people. They don't want people getting too used to getting checks from the government like that. Like all the people who did, you know, that was, that's like a, a ticking time bomb for them. We're like, Oh shit. If they get used to this, they can, if we show them that we can redistribute wealth like this, Oh shit. What are we going to do? You know, get them back to work. I'd well, like to give Joe Biden a hell yeah for those, uh, Parental checks. You're welcome. Well, I mean, just to say that my my main thing is it seems like that was really coordinated to distract from the Trump legal issues. Like that, those were his boys trying to be like, okay, we're going to start another lockdown and maybe try to cause some kind of social chaos along with it um, to get people out on the streets. Um, but it apparently has not worked. Um, and that's the thing about some of this stuff is like, it doesn't have to work necessarily. It just has to just be out there. Like we said, it gets like, like, like Dr. Future said, it gets into the id, you know? Um, one final thing before we stop here, um, a funny story, uh, <laughs> back in June, I think it was in June. I read, I actually read this on Mike's show, a person that, um, Actually, they're a member of the Satanic Temple. Um, if you guys are familiar with that, that's the group that does all the kind of like kind of activism where they try to say, well, if you can, if if we have real freedom of religion in this country, then, you know, we should have like after school Satan and all this type of silly stuff. But Go on, uh, I hate those people. Go ahead. She, she she got on chat GPT and she created these images that look very real of uh demonic like bafflement like statues in the middle of hobby lobby which is like a christian store and this got posted to the internet and posted to facebook especially and people were actually saying they were going to boycott hobby lobby it's christian evangelicals they were going to boycott hobby lobby because they actually thought hobby lobby was selling demonic statues in their stores it, and they weren't like little small trinkets. They were like these enormous things, like a blow up, like you'd have in the front of your house. It would take up like all of the shelf space on an aisle. One of these things. I guess they figured they want to take up that floor space of the huge bafflement. You could see it from the far end of the store. They were so big. <laughs> Hell yeah, that would have been awesome. These are just fake pictures. Where is Jack Chick when we need him? Home Depot is pretty rad around Halloween time. It's like a giant Santa Morte temple. Get ready for uh, 2024 and the chat GPT and AI stuff that uh, people are going to be generating. Yeah. I think yeah. a few years of, of, of really like idiotic, uh, sort of like ridiculous uh, stuff tricking the boomers. Um, yeah. It's going to be bad. Uh, you are absolutely right about that. There are That's people a, that believe in that believe that stuff is real. 
not, not not an original take on my part, by the way. I'm not trying to sound sound smart or anything. No, we all know, man. It's yeah, for sure. If but you're that's... a bad guy, that's who you want to fool. People who are old and have money. That sounds about right, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the game, you know. It's terrible, but it is mm-hmm. what's actually happening. You know, Absolutely it's funny right. that you all have me on because I'm like the elderly representative of Conspiranormal. And and most of your listeners and guests are far hipper than me. And they they hang out in places where they see where the real cutting edge is going on. And the only time I'm on X is to go to maybe find out things are happening on the ground in the Ukraine war. We want to see Dr. I, Future on X for real. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I get immersed. You know, immersion, all that propaganda. But there is enough for us old geezers, particularly people who have some kind of remote kind of Christian or religious connection, in your email basket. It doesn't even have to be on what we consider social media. Today was an average day I had today in my email. Okay. Now, this is like the generic Christian stuff. On on my future Quake email, I get the exopolitics stuff. But on the Christian one. World Net Daily, Biden has created the largest child trafficking ring in U.S. history. So this is one accomplishment Biden has. He has created the large trafficking ring. Then Jack Hibbs, like one of the most influential pastors in America in Calvary Chapels, which we are familiar with, Adam and I, they, they supposedly just read the Bible one verse at a time, and that's all they do except they get involved in promoting videos about assaulting the Capitol and that stuff. Well, Jack Hibbs today said, our kids are literally being sacrificed. And this is my daily feed of just plain old-fashioned old people emails. So if you can imagine what's going on in social media and 8chan and 4chan and all this cutting-edge stuff, the old, old old-fashioned stuff it, that's doing a good enough job itself, and it's saturating every day. Oh, I totally got you. I'm 52, and I'm not on much social media, but my email is full with that crap every damn day. Yeah, that, that happens. What was the one, uh, Mike, just recently from Skywatch that we were trying to figure out what it was that they were even talking about? Oh, it was yeah. like Usara or something like that. It was just like it was just it was just bizarre. It's the same problem that the you know, like the Pentecostal revival shows has. How do they outdo themselves? How do they keep an audience that gets dulled with something bigger? Let's see if I can find it here. But you know, you know, I've described Skywatch on here as the grind house of God's exploitation. Uh yeah, That's it was uh, Amaruka was the original occult infiltration into America? Question mark. It's like, what? Well, it should be self-explanatory. I always thought you were, you know, a couple people you haven't mentioned for the old Christian crowd that should be favorites are people like uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn of the Harbinger because he yeah, has done who you prophetic. Had, who you had on Future Quake back in the day. No, I, I had another guy who was oh, that's right. that's said right. the same thing. Yeah. Um, it was like his it was like his promotional guy or something. No, no, it was some individual guy that he began the show by saying, "I've led a miserable 
and Wretched Existence. And that was his introduction to the audience. Now, Jonathan Kahn has been talking about the mystery of Barbie, about the how the ancients had tell. Barbie. And um, but you know, people look up Barbie on keyword search, and he probably gets a lot of new stuff just because somebody types in Barbie or Transformers that's, or Minions. That's or the something. point. That's but, the point. It's those hits. It's getting those likes. That's it. It's keywords. It, it's 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 internet clout. That's all, that's what it is. What's that's the game. The other guy to, that I will personally tell you on on the pseudo Christian MAGA crowd to keep an eye on, the ringleader is Lance Wallnow. He's the ringleader of the Kansas City Prophets, the whole Dominionism. He's the real centerpiece of the Dominions. He is a marketing operator. He's an old school New York barefisted businessman that used to give these inspirational crusade talks about the Elijah's army of young people that are going to act like they're demonized and take over the country by using violence for God. Well, there was just a report from him because he he's on. I don't know if you all watch. Um, what's the news? You've got OAN, which is to the right of Fox News, and then you got America's Voice, which is to the right of OAN. And you can get that on Pluto TV or all that stuff. Well, he's got a show on there. Well, the recent report was MAGA cultist Lance Walno says he is he was praying recently and a mysterious man whispered in his ear that Donald Trump will be elected for one more turn, after which the Antichrist will emerge. By the time Walno turned around, the man had already disappeared. Mysterious men. I consider the source, you know. You're speechless. And and here in our town, we've got our local uh, guy, Greg Locke, the pastor, who just took a hammer, or it was a hammer with Bibles on it, a big stick, and he used the Bibles to smash a Barbie dream house to, I think, teach some kind of spiritual value. <laughs> yeah, that sounds totally gospel. You know, that that, that makes sense. I used to think it was bad in the anti-Sharia craze. I mean, that was Lord. nothing compared to what we have now. Right on. Sharia. Uh, American Muslims are like 1% of the population. And they gonna take over and enforce Sharia law. That's in a, what yeah. universe is this happening? There you go, being rational again. That's to that's a good um, point, Doctor Future, because it used to be more external, but it's even more internal now. It seems like. Well, now they hate everybody, not just like one narrow religion. That's they right. they've they learned on that. They learned on anti Sharia how to be absurd ridiculous and to work themselves up into a fever you know in a in a mad crowd and now they said hey why don't we apply this to a wider circle of our neighbors and now you really here in the united states you don't hear about the anti-sharia stuff you don't hear about the anti-muslim stuff anymore if anything you've got this really kind of broad-based traditionalist movement that includes both christians and muslims yeah so now they've like joined together you know, there, I think there's a little bit more skepticism on the Muslim side because I don't think they have the trust uh, of that crowd. But, yeah, your point is well taken. It, and that's why I have to remind myself even to use the term religious right instead of like evangelical. Because not only is there a sliver, a sliver of evangelicals that are appalled by all this, but it's really an axis of hard right Catholics that are you know, Vatican one or pre-Vatican one 
uh, it's the hard right evangelicals, hard right Calvinist, you know, the old like, uh, you know, uh, Western Michigan crowd. And then and then you got the Mormons, the hard right Mormons, which is a large group of people. That's where they have all the commonalities. And of, of course, when they decide who which one gets to lead, that's when they'll find it out. Right, that's in, what I was about to say. As soon as yeah. they get rid, they get rid of the common enemy, then they'll start fighting each other. Right, hit the nail on like the head, man. Yeah. Um, if I may, uh, all the fundamentalists basically agree. Like you got traditionalist Catholics, you got extreme Protestants, you got Muslims. I mean, Orthodox. You know hardcore Muslims, you've got Orthodox Jews, you've got all these groups that basically agree on the way society should be, which is very patriarchal, very anti-sexual, and very, you know, a lot of things, but they basically all agree on the basics, you know, and it doesn't take a leap forward that they might work together, you know, because they basically all want the same thing, Mm -hmm. which is a medieval society. And that's kind of their thing. I mean, that's my take on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's how I sort of describe it similar. The conservative vision is the or the dark ages. It's an era of very, very limited education, distrust of science, um, an era of dark superstition, autocratic religious leadership, uh, of feudalism with a few very powerful and you know and then everybody else worker bees everything that we think of as the dark ages is what they extol and what they'd like to restore precisely well gentlemen i want to thank you all right guys uh i think we'll stop there i want to thank you guys for doing this tonight uh being a part of this i think this was good i want to try to maybe do some more of these you know pick some pick some topics i mean there's going to always be these crazy conspiracy stuff coming uh, coming out of the woodwork so if you guys uh, would like to do this again we will definitely do it uh but i think we'll go down the list um vincent let's start with you where can people find you and find your podcast uh, the weird part with Vincent Truewell uh, at vincenttruewell.com. Otherwise, just look me up on YouTube under Vincent Truewell or on my podcast, which is available on most podcatchers, as The Weird Part with Vincent Truewell. Um, yeah, I do this stuff all the time. And hey, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We're hoping to, we're hoping to see you in November. And uh hell yeah, I'm going to be there. Hell or high water. Get it. And Dr. Future, where can people find the great uh Dr. Michael Bennett? Well, hopefully nowhere if I hole out good enough. If the witness protection program 
works well enough for me. Hey, I want to first tell my new friends, Vincent and Chris, the great, how much I enjoyed listening to them. And that was such a breath of fresh air compared to some of the other crowd that I hang out with. I could listen to both of you all like all the time. So I'm going to have to oh, like man, look you all here. up some more. I really mean that. I Now, these other two guys I have to listen to, but <laughs> but you two, it's like awesome. And uh, as far as me, um, I'm extremely on, unproductive as an old old guy, and I should be able to do a lot more. But I, I do try to crack out a weekly show on the Two Spies Report that – airs it's actually on old-fashioned radio old-fashioned 103.7 fm here in nashville community radio or 107.1 um if you're not within metropolitan nashville you can stream it live at radiofreenashville.org and with adam's prodding i'm going to eventually figure out this video editing and take the video versions and get them up on youtube and please probably take over youtube i'm thinking the kind of material i cover will probably push off all of the non-stop clickbait that is all that youtube mostly is it's just clickbait I, I i may have to be a little indecent on there to be able to draw the clicks but whatever it takes so anyway i'm doing that i'm hopefully going to get some more books out here before too long i think the futurequake.com archive show now is non-hacked again and you can get the old shows for off of there for a lot of people who've since died. Uh, they had their interviews up there on futurequake.com and some guys like Alvin Toffler and uh, some other people who aren't around anymore to talk. Um, so anyway, Hey, thanks for inviting me. I sorry. I don't mean to rattle on, but I just enjoy this crowd so much and it inspires me. It gets my wheels turning. So thank you for the, for the invite. I'm really flattered. All right, thank, thank you for being a part of this, Mike. Hell Mike, yeah. real quick, I uh, I didn't know you had interviewed Alvin Toffler. Yeah, when yeah. Can that? you believe that? Uh, I was thinking it was closer to like the very beginning of Future Quake 2005. It may have been as late as say 2007, but it's their archive. You can hear uh, him and his wife Heidi, I think, uh, on there. Uh, and I just, you know, that was sort of the original thing for me to think about the futurist Dr. Mm. Future concept mm -hmm. was just knowing about him. And, you know, I tip my hat to him that he was to take a nobody like me and to come on the show. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah. You know, guys like Joe Bob Briggs, uh, somehow got them on the show and some nefarious characters. And I was able to get Alex Jones to flesh out a little bit more about what he saw there at Bohemian Grove, which was sort of interesting historically you know just for archive purposes uh but but some other people who have since gone on or disappeared gave you know, like the guys that were survived the uss liberty that had the israeli air force attack in there oh hell yeah i was able to get them on the record uh with some information and some other people that you know i'm glad for history's sake was able to preserve that so and then there's a lot of crap on there that i would disavow but you know it's the way it goes we all grow right yep and chris Corey, i'm not uh you can't find me anywhere right now <laughs> you got some new music projects man uh maybe some stuff coming up soon um give any plugs uh you 
can you can find me at the uh the conspiracy bookstore with uh, adam sane on uh, september 11th the perfect wow. day to go uh look at look at uh weird old books nice nice uh, but i appreciate you guys it, it's all always good to always good to talk to you guys and, and shoot the shit and have fun for sure yeah it's always good to talk to you as well all right guys well that's it thank you for joining us um the most important thing right now in our world is strange realities conference is coming up november 3rd through the 4th in nashville tennessee and also online and on november 5th there will be an online only day but uh, we would love to see you come to nashville and be a part of it and join in on the festivities and if you are also interested in supporting us and supporting what we do on this show servio can tell you where to find our patreon you can find that and join the number of these esteemed gentlemen uh, yes. by joining the uh International Association of Conspiranormalists, the Mystic Crew of Conspiranormal, and the Ancient Circle of Strange Realities over at patreon.com slash conspiranormal. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back with another episode soon on Conspiranormal. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.